Living Adventurously is brought to you in partnership with Kamut, the route planning and navigation app that helps you make the most of your outdoor adventures. Whether you're cycling, hiking, running or bikepacking, Kamut's easy to use technology will get you out the door and exploring more of the great outdoors. You can see where I've been exploring by checking out the highlights of my journey on Kamut. Just follow the link in the show notes. My name is Alistair Humphreys. I set out on a bicycle journey around Yorkshire to speak to interesting, ordinary people who, in very different ways, are making an effort to live adventurously. I wanted to talk about what they do, about the barriers they've faced along the way, and to seek their perspective on some of the big questions that all of us encounter in our lives. Welcome to Living Adventurously. <laughs> I've written here, needs intro music. Um, okay, here we go. Um... <laughs> Have a loop. I was unfortunately a little bit late for my meeting with Chris Goddard, the Yorkshire map maker. Ordinarily, I don't think he would have minded at all. He was a very relaxed soul. But today, Chris had a very important job to get to. He was due to be a volunteer barman at a local beer festival and quite rightly did not want to be late. So we had to do our interview yomping through the woods above his home. Chris has been exploring and mapping his local landscapes ever since he was a child. He was spurred on originally by curiosity and a love of being in the outdoors. Today, Chris dedicates his passion for exploring the minutiae of the world outside his front door to his intricate, beautiful books about the Yorkshire woods and moors where he lives. Right, this is, this is a new level of ambition for my uh, audio in that we're walking through the woods and talking at the same time. Um, Chris, why, why do we have to be doing this while we're walking? Where Are you on your way to an important business meeting? It is indeed, yeah. I'm working at a beer festival in 20 minutes. So, okay. Uh, just as a, a volunteer shift. But, uh, um, but it's a nice place that's in the woods, so... Yeah, this is, this is why I'm already enjoying Hebden Bridge. I've only been here a day, but we're walking through the woods to find a beer festival in the woods, which is good. Um... You are, well, perhaps you can tell me, I, I see you as being a, a map maker and a writer. Is that is that a, a box to put you in? Yeah, that's right. I think primarily I'm a cartographer, map maker, because that was sort of my first passion, really, and what got me into producing the books that I do. Um, ever since I was a kid, I've, I've, I've drawn maps of everywhere I've been, so I've I started off drawing maps of when, when we moved here, of, of the moors around here. Um, I, I've tried to be a writer before. I've tried to write <coughs> proper books and failed. Um, and I kind of settled on my little niche of writing about the kind of local environment, accompanying it with uh, with maps and sketches and pieces of historical information. Yeah, your your latest, well, both your books are pretty niche. What's the title of your most recent bestseller? <laughs> I don't know about bestseller, but the, the latest is the South Yorkshire Moors. Um, and I've previously had ones on the West Yorkshire Moors and the West Yorkshire Woods. Um, 
and they're all very detailed looks at particular landscapes and I map I map the, the whole landscape so we're now walking into a wood in west in this part of West Yorkshire so I've mapped I've mapped this um, in great detail all the paths uh, all the old features and I tried to also map with different symbols the different types of trees that characterize each area to try and give you a feel of the different woods that you go through what what's your favorite kind of tree uh well it's long been ash i think because we don't get many around here it's and a we're, big we're, one there we're isn't looking it? at a nice old um one here and a kind of unhealthy looking one. Oh dear is this a dieback one or not <sighs> i i think it's been unhealthy for longer than that okay. uh, um yeah um yeah this yeah just because there's a, there's a gracefulness and a great size to them um and we don't have ash woods in the north in the, in the same way so you don't get this sort of monoculture that um we have with some other trees around here we'll go through a bit of beech wood and that's yeah not, Be- beech not, wood's beautiful isn't it it's beautiful but i i don't around here they were planted all at the same time all the trees are the same age and there's nothing going on the ground underneath and i find them a bit bleak in a way okay interesting um, whereas oak woods have this way that you could sort of meander through them there's vegetation it changes at every corner but yeah. i think part of the beauty of woods is there's so many different types each one is different so, so you you've been um out wandering the woods and exploring them um what, what's of i mean rough area are we talking of your guidebook is it 10 square miles 20 square miles ish um so the, the woods book is probably closer to it's all within 10 miles of here okay um, again, so, the, but the, the Moors one is is more. It's all of West Yorkshire, yeah. partly because the, the Moors are more empty. There's less kind of little intricate details to. Okay, yeah. so let's talk about the woods one then, because yeah. I I like the idea of spending a long time yeah. in a small area. So, how long did it take you to explore the woods? I still am. Um, the book took me like two and a half years to produce. Um, but I'm, you know, you're still getting to know different parts of it all the time, and it changes every time you visit. So this, this is the wood that's uh, 200, 300 meters from home, and so I bring the dog for walking here most days. And it's not very big; it's got probably 300 meters long, 200 meters wide in this little bit, and yet I've explored this on and off the path all over, and there's so much in here. Um, and um, so many little details and things I keep finding, new things I keep finding in here. So I think that's the, that's the remarkable thing. Um, that right on your doorstep is something else new to be discovered. Yeah. And what, what's, a, what's something, tell me something exciting about these woods. Uh, they look kind of boring to me. It's just a bunch of trees near a town. Well, we've already Surprised gone through me. A, a, diff- change of, a change of tree type from that bit, which is mainly sycamore and we're coming into mill mix there's, there's more oak and birch in here and it's closed in and the holly around us and if we walk on yeah. about another 30 40 yards on the right there's a flattened area which is a charcoal hearth a ute um because the, the hillsides are so steep sided around here the um they used to burn coppice these woods and burn charcoal in them that was what most all these woods it's probably the only reason they're here in, in many ways um how long ago what's the time so we're talking, talking about any time from like 1200 to 
1900. Wow, 700 years of um, cottage industry. Yeah, yeah on a, <clears throat> quite a large scale if you think about it. Um, people would have lived, uh, well, lived during summer months and worked in these woods. And here you have this circular flattened area that it's very easy to just walk past. You can see it's sculpted down here. Yeah. Um, flattened off. And on, on that you would you'll build your charcoal pile and burn it for, um, you know, a couple of days and <clears throat> spend your whole time watching it for this time. This, so this how, how do you know this is a charcoal thing and not just a random, I'm such an ignoramus, not a random <laughs> bit of flat ground because with a, with a few little scrubby trees on it? Um, <clears throat> well, that probably helps, the fact that there's no really old trees yeah. on it. Um, but at the, you don't get flat areas in these woods and in the Calder Valley, it's so steep. There's normally a reason... And you certainly don't get a circular flat area. There's, they're, they're really common these, and this is a this is a really good example. There's some other bits of flattened area up there with stone walling on them, and I don't know what that was used for. Yeah. No old map has revealed. Okay. Um, but probably some other woodland activity um, during any of the last few hundred years. And let's keep walking because you've got a pub to get to. I, I can tell you, so it, you're you're just stopping and I showing. And I want to <laughs> yes. find some charcoal because you normally you can dig around away. underneath okay, start digging down just uh, in this um, of course if we do it now we're not going to find it not um, <laughs> but normally you can find little bits of charcoal about a foot down so um So when you're coming out um, mapping, do you do this? You're getting down your hands um, and knees and scratching away. If I'm not away. sure about one, I'll, I'll do that. And if yeah. you find something, well, you, then it's a... Um, I could pretend that we've found some. Yeah, but look at that amazing um, dinosaur bone we just found. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, we haven't managed to find it. Oh. Um, but we have got some lovely woodland soil that's... Um, it's just like this, this woodland soil, because this wood has been here... It's ancient woodland. It's been here for at least uh, 400 years. Wow. So and, um, not necessarily these trees, but but the woodland. And then this soil, as a result, is is rich. Yeah. Um, and you can't replicate what's in it. Um, so when you when you're out to, when you come out to be mapping and exploring, do you do that with a your notebook and pen or a iPhone? What's your what's your way of exploring? Uh, yeah, I'm pretty old school. Uh, when I go out, it's it's um, pen and paper. I take with me an old old OS map, which I printed out of, off, off the internet. How, how old a map? 1850s map, the oldest I can find. Brilliant. See whether some of the old features can be found. So here, you've got some gate stoops for an old wall that would have separated one part of this wood from another. Um, these weren't fields. This was just that. Someone owned this bit of wood and managed that, and someone owned this. So would there have been a dry stone wall all the way going down through yes, here? Yes, yeah. You could see the bit, a little bit going up. Um, but it's not, yeah, it's all lost now to the woods. One thing I've been, been enjoying on my ride um, was around South Yorkshire, sort of the Don Valley, yeah, where you've got old industrial um, stuff <laughs> uh, getting swallowed up now by by the, the regeneration and it's it's interesting isn't it the uh, the old and the new gradually getting swallowed and if if uh, if you were not paying attention you wouldn't notice so what's the what's this here 
Really? So it's been a nice bit of old surfacing. Um, Would this have been a path to somewhere? Yeah. Um, sort of flag flagstones. There's door. a lot of cozy kind of paths that were pack horse routes okay. um, through these woods. This I don't believe was. It's not a bridleway, but there's obviously someone's put some surfacing in at some point. I think this was just a footpath, but because um, of dropping away down below us, and if you fell down there, you'd have a good yeah. old roll a long way down. But. Yeah. Uh, should we go up? So we'll yeah. scramble steeply up here. Okay. So, um, um, <clears throat> but yeah, that's. Um, I find an awful lot of that. Obviously, we've got a lot of uh, Victorian industry here. Yeah. In and in pretty much the same areas that the woods are in the steep bottoms of the valleys. Um, and in amongst the, the, the trees, there's always these remnants of old mills, dams, sluices, them. Yeah, a lot, awful lot of infrastructure that was built and kind of trying to work out what it was for. So, so you come at, sorry, I'm so bad at interrupting. You come, you come out with your, your old map and your, your pen and paper. And what do you do? So wander around and just follow your curiosity? Pretty much. I do, you have to cover every area, so you have to go back on yourself. If you find a path, you're like, oh, I wonder where that goes, or is that something of interest up there? So the first sort of wander in a wood is, is quite um, is random. It's kind of unplanned. You can't really know what you're going to find until you get there. And maybe next time you go back, you'll go and fill in the gaps and think, make sure you've got everything covered. Um, yeah, so you, unfortunately you're having to do all the speaking here because we're walking up, at, unfortunately yeah. for you that is, because we're yeah. walking up a big steep hill. It's not that you're very unfit. Uh, <laughs> but it's beautiful, picking our way. This is, the, yeah, the bit we've just come to, that's my favourite part of the wood because the holly closes in. These beautiful oak trees, oh, beautiful oak trees coming out of, out of the top of it. And it, I don't know, there's something about this sort of wood. You forget, it doesn't really matter what size wood you're in. It's... Um, you know, it, this is only a small wood, but you could be in the middle of the new forest here. And I, I like that you get lost in in this environment, even though I say we're a few a few hundred yards from home. Um, does it? Um, does something like being in a wood like this? Does this feel like an adventure to you, or do you think oh, I should be going off to the Amazon? Uh, no, I I probably used to think that when I was younger, like yourself. I I didn't ever do it, but. Um, yeah, I always thought I should be uh, finding somewhere new. But it kind of feels like there's nowhere new to discover. So then you end up looking closer to home and realising exactly that. that, that, you, that there's, there's a new way of looking at things on your doorstep, new way of finding things, new way of putting things together. Um, and now... After you. Yeah, I, uh, I certainly wouldn't do a book on somewhere far flung. It would be too alien to me yeah. where I kind of feel I could start to understand this landscape having explored it so much and kind of delved into its history and um, yeah it's, it's makes sense now and I, <coughs> oh we've, we've emerged onto a road That's well it's a <laughs> yeah a driveway track and a beech wood and a bit of beech wood yeah which actually looks lovely in this light but you, one interesting thing you can see here, this uh, storm came through here and knocked, pulled down all these trees. They're kind of broken up. The, all, part of the problem is that all these trees were planted at the same time. 
in the mid-19th century, and they're all basically maturing at the same point. And we haven't, they're not healthy woods because they're all, it's basically a monoculture. Yeah. And so they're all going to fall down around the same time. And then and, it'll be empty. Well, it, new things will come in, I guess, to replace it. It'll be fine, it'll develop into something else, but um, healthy managed woods would have a mix of a few older trees looking graceful and then a lower canopy underneath it. So these are, I mean, the, the, it's beautiful now, isn't it? The light, the bright, bright, bright green um, leaves. But what, what, uh, what, what ideally should be here or what might be coming next? Well, actually, this is probably nature's sort of doing it. It's knocked down, created some light. And where, where you've got light coming in, there's ferns, there's um, is that, is that Rose Bay. There's other things. We've got a dense kind of foliage on the, on the woodland floor, whereas this is what would be, we're looking at right in front of us, is completely barren, just leaves, just leaves, acorns. Um, characteristic beech wood, but I, yeah, as I said, it's nice to have that mix and to go from little pocket into little pocket. And Chris, you keep stopping because you're so interested in the yeah. woods. I know. But you've got a you've got a beer festival to get to. I, I need to get you to work on time. Okay. <laughs> um, I'm supposed to be there right now. Okay, right. so we'll do. We're going to have to high pace high pace walk to the beer festival. Yeah. Um, have you ever had a proper job, young man? <laughs> uh, yes and no. Okay. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I worked. For the Lake District National Park yeah. Authority as a as a footpath surveyor, and then I worked freelance for several years after doing footpath surveys, which many people don't consider to be a job. But <laughs> it was sort of got me into a. It was a part, it was kind of part time. I'd work away for half the year surveying paths, uh, and then the rest of the time I um I was able to to start doing these books that I do now. Um, but also, yeah, it gave me a chance to explore new areas and new areas in great detail. There's a kind of symmetry between that work and what I do now in that you would walk every footpath in an area, often backwards and forwards across the same sort of bit of wood or the same bit of moor, and you'd see it from different angles, different, and you'd sort of piece together this whole picture of the landscape. I really, I love people who are able to be really curious and really explore one wood and I I wish I was like that but I'm always sort of wanting to dash off to the next so one thing I'm trying to make myself do here is spend a whole month just in Yorkshire and Yorkshire's big but also on a bike it's quite small so yeah. what advice would you have for me for how can I make myself slow down and pay more attention on my trip around Yorkshire um I mean it's hard to say because you would. I take time, uh, look at things differently, but I'm not very good at doing that. I do an exercise. I do these like mapping courses or mapping sort of days workshops, and actually one thing we do is just cut off all senses but one, and normally not sight. So don't close your eyes when you're cycling, mm. but just try and focus on what you're hearing or what you're smelling, something like that, and then you. A landscape that might be familiar suddenly really different has different um, associations um, and I've, I've only ever done it as part of that I never do it on my own I should because it's a fantastic way of experiencing the landscape in a different way do you ever come up into your woods in the dark um, only when walking the dog out late okay. and maybe running in it um, but not enough so no. one thing I've 
started to enjoy doing is to go somewhere I'm very familiar with, yeah. but at the full moon yeah. um, with no head torch. Um, and that is an attempt to make myself listen and smell yeah. and feel. And it's a, it's a good way of exploring, isn't it? Yeah, that's a good idea. What is this? Uh, we've got, we're walking down a, a proper sort of track road, but there's an amazingly beautiful in its own way wall here. In, I mean, that's a, a lot, lot of work, isn't it? It's a well-built wall. Covered in moss. It's, it'll be over, yeah, 100, 100 plus years old and it's hardly showing any sign of wear. Um, yeah. Do you know what it is? No, I mean, there's a, there's a couple of houses down here, so maybe they built it to keep out anyone on here from looking over into Keep theirs, out the riffraff. Basically. Yes. Um, <clears throat> yeah. Slightly shame, it spoils the view a little. Yeah, it does. <laughs> but that was the point. Yes. <clears throat> yeah. It's beautiful. So can I ask you a bit more about uh, going from having a proper job to not having a proper job? And I feel I can say that because I... All the best people don't have proper jobs in my mind, so I'm not, it's not an insult. Oh, I know, I take, I take it like that. <laughs> what, how, what, what was your thinking process in thinking, I love being out here, I'd like to write a book about it, because that turns a nice little wander around into a big old project. Um, yeah, I, I started mapping it, as I do, I just, I do start mapping things. But when it was here, I, I saw an opportunity because a lot of the moorland had been recently opened um, with the, the uh, open access agreements. And the fact the OS maps were once didn't really convey much of the details. They made the moors look completely empty and actually they were full of things. And I realised I could produce something which would be a useful guide to someone like me who was moving to the area. Um, so I started on it, but it was quite tentative at first. It took me a long time to really realise that I had a book in this. Um, so you were mapping just for your own curiosity? I guess. I was... I don't quite know what I was doing at first. <laughs> I, um, just filling in time, but... I could, yeah. Um, I had one idea at first, which was to sort of, like, do peaks of this sort of South Pennines, but it would be, like, the, the worst peaks, you know, in Britain or something, and maybe collect, like, the, the worst plateaus and somehow bring them to life, because... They're like natural high points, uh, often, you know, 1,500 feet to 2,000 feet high, but without any real discerning features or tops. But then I realised, because I'm a, kind of a natural peak bagger, and then I realised actually that's not what these moors are about, that, that it's not about the tops, it's about the, air, the spaces and the areas around them and all the other features. So I, I shifted away from that very quickly. Um, so sometimes is the is the the point of going to the top just all the stuff that happens along the way? I think so. I think it probably should be. Um, yeah. um, I still go and try and climb a Munro or two when I'm in Scotland, just instinctively. But it doesn't have to. That's just to kind of give a structure to where to go for a walk. But uh, often the best bits are on the rest of the walks. So if you went off to climb a Munro, would you um, take a notepad and pen? Or was that just a, a day away from that? Uh, no, it's actually there were some of the few walks that uh, I, don't, I don't work. And quite often I'm just running anyway and it's, there's a bit more freedom to it. Um, I can, yeah, switch off and enjoy it. What, what's the difference between running in the woods and walking in the woods? Um... <laughs> 
do, well, I think do you when like you, both? I, I, I do. I, I run on the moors more, I guess. I think the moors are more of a running landscape and the woods are more of a walking one. I think you run through the woods really quickly and you go, oh, that was really small. Oh, OK. But when you've walked it, you've like the bit we've gone through, it kind of felt like we've gone through a few areas. It's um, some interesting different bits. It, you know, it's less than a mile, but it feels like a significant landscape. But you'd be running through it and be through it in just over five minutes. Yes. Yeah. You would barely notice anything. What's so, this path we're on now? Looks to me like a Roman road. <laughs> <laughs> well, this 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 will be a pack horse track. This is a bridleway. Uh, so it's it looks to to an to a ignorant person like a Roman road. It's all um, beautiful cobbles. Are they cobbles? Sets. Sets. Okay. Yeah. Um, sets. Yeah. I, I'm not sure the exact difference, but all the roads around here, okay. the old roads were sets rather than cobbles. I think they're bigger. But um, no, this would just have been a. 17th, 18th century pack horse route. This was quite a major route from Heptonstall down to a bridge at the bottom and then up over the moors. Um, they built them properly. They really yeah, did. Yeah. One of the nice things about us walking rather than running is I, I noticed, so it's there's some sort of, what does Ch it say, Chaz MK? Chaz MK and then an arrow pointing off that way. Oh, yeah. I don't know him. Okay. <laughs> Early graffiti or <laughs> useful signpost. Yeah. Ah, right. Oh. Um, <clears throat> so we're coming down towards the blue pig now. Ah, um, what is the blue pig? The blue pig is a working men's club, uh, entirely run by volunteers. Um, it's kind of in a prefab little... Uh, well, can, I, can I guess what it's like? You, you, so we're in, we're in Yorkshire, yeah. we're off to the working men's club. I'm anticipating some flat caps and some whippets. Well, you would, yeah. Um, am, am I going to be surprised? I don't know. Um, it's, it's not your traditional working men's club. Um, I, expect, I suspected that being with you for this short walk. I don't know whether I'd get in one of them. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't, don't think you would. You've got dreadlocks, you've got sandals. You, you, look, like, you look like a hippie to me. They don't work properly. Yeah. <laughs> but... Um, um, hey, are, you, are you a Yorkshireman? I am. Uh, um, I'm from Sheffield originally. Um, so I grew up in a very similar landscape to this, really. Well, uh, here's a question then about, about that. Is what does the word home mean to you? Oh, that's a tricky one. Um, I, I mean, I, somewhere that I feel comfortable in. For me, like for my partner, the home is very much the house. She likes to come back to the house. Uh, and then she relaxes. But I would say, for me, it's like this landscape is more for me. I'll go take the dog out for a walk. Maybe I've been away for a month. I'll come back, and it's the familiarity of the woods, the moors, the views. There's something, just the air. You know, if you've been in a city for a while, you come back and you just, yeah, I know that. I can feel the breathing in my lungs, the water. Like, Yorkshire water's just the best. You know, all these little things that you take for granted but you go away and you realise that actually that's what makes you feel comfortable and relaxed well it's a good point to end because we've arrived now at well it's beautiful this is the most beautiful yeah. working men's club I've ever seen uh, you're about to do some work and go I'm and, going uh, to yeah, uh, buy myself in. a beer All right. uh, thank you very much thank you I 
I hope you've enjoyed this episode of Living Adventurously. There's show notes from every episode on my website, alistairhumphreys.com slash podcast. If you have enjoyed it, please take a screenshot of your phone and pop it up on social media or leave a review with your podcast provider. It makes a massive difference. Thank you very much. I teamed up with Kamut to make this podcast happen. In case you missed it, Kamut is an outdoor planning and navigation app that helps you explore more of the great outdoors. One of the many ways Kamut helps you have better adventures is with sport-specific routing. Kamut doesn't just plan any route. Oh no, Kamut plans your route. Select your sport, choose your start and end points, and Kamut plots a route using the best option for you. Whether that's smooth asphalt for your road bike, quiet gravel tracks for some chilled mountain bike riding or bike touring, or a road-free trail for your walk or ramble. After that, you can personalise your route even more by dragging the pins on your desktop screen or app to include your chosen destinations along the way of your adventure. Your very own outdoor experiences are waiting for you. Go explore more with Kamut. Head to kamut.com slash G and use the voucher code ADVENTUROUS to claim your free region bundle.